Welcome to Mystery Magic and Science. I'm your host, Michael Disco. I'm a massage therapist, a Reiki master, a meditation instructor, and an EFT practitioner. In the summer of 2012, I decided to get off my barstool and find a different path. My life is now completely unrecognizable from what it was then. I've been studying, reading, and meditating for nearly a decade to learn to regain control of my life and make it what I want it to be. The point of this podcast is to share what I've learned along the way and what I keep learning every day from my practice and my path. You can change your life too. It takes perseverance, dedication, and an open mind. Sometimes I still struggle, but I am on path to heal myself to be the best version of me. I invite you to come with me. Let's take back our lives and do something beautiful. Today I want to introduce you to my process and tell you a little bit more about myself. I mentioned in the first episode that I call my process transformational pathwork. Transformational pathwork and practice incorporates meditation, yoga, and breathwork with journaling, creating a living altar, and an introspective method of tarot reading. All of this practice is on the backdrop of learning to incorporate ritual into your life. And most importantly, changing your story. The one you tell yourself about yourself and the one that is unfolding into the future. Along the way, you will learn to listen to your body, to do the self-care you not only deserve, but need to be able to thrive as you are manifesting your new life. The intention in walking the path is to be calmer, wiser, more in tune with yourself, and with nature, and most importantly, to be in control of yourself and not only react to things in a productive, thoughtful way, but also to create the life that you want to live. Transformational pathwork is about seeking knowledge from any path it can travel. It's about keeping your mind and your heart open to things you are unfamiliar with and finding magic in everything. It's about being intentional about your life and the choices you make. It's about learning to love yourself and your life again. If you're depressed or even just caught up in the anxiety-ridden culture of modern social media America, what I'm describing probably sounds impossible. It's not impossible. It's not an easy path to walk or to choose. And there are probably people in your life that do not want you to do it. But you can do it. You have to decide that you want to regain control of you, your body, your mind, your life. You have to decide that your destructive patterns have to stop and that you are not afraid to be better. You have to accept that it is not selfish to want to be better. You have to decide that your happiness is worth the work. 
I want to tell you a little more about where I'm coming from. I'm telling you, if I can do this thing called the path, anyone can. I want you to understand, I have to work like hell. This stuff is not easy. And I still fuck up sometimes. I don't have any superpower, and I am far from perfect. But I believe in this process wholeheartedly. And I'm going to keep fighting like hell to be a better person until I'm not on this earth anymore. So now I want to share with you the story of my turning point. Since I was a kid, I've had sinus problems. Valerie helped me beat them for good in 2014 with silver hydrosol. But that's a different story that will have to wait. My sinuses were so jacked up as a kid that at 12, I was told I was a candidate for sinus surgery. I declined and resigned myself to going to the doctor for a sinus infection two more times a year. They would give me steroids and an antibiotic pack. The symptoms would get better enough for me to make it another four to six months before I had to go back. It was such a pattern that my family doctor would prescribe the stuff over the phone without me even going to the office. Well, in 2012, I was running a low fever with a lot of sinus pain and massive post-nasal drainage, blocked sinus cavities and everything. I called my doctor to learn he had retired. They suggested I see another doctor in the building, which meant I actually had to go to the office. I got in there, and they took my vitals. When the doctor came in, he said he would prescribe my meds, but that he was more worried about my blood pressure than my sinus problems. I'm not sure what the numbers were, but apparently they were really bad. I was 33 in the summer of 2012, and this doctor told me I wouldn't make it to 40 if I kept up whatever I was doing. He suggested I try for six months to change my lifestyle, and if I couldn't do that, he wanted to put me on blood pressure meds. So, what was it I was doing that had my blood pressure through the roof? Well. I was working as a front of the house manager at a small family owned restaurant and my boss was a total dick. I was drinking between 12 and 24 beers a day, easily a pint or more of whiskey and would smoke sometimes more than a pack of cigarettes a day. Usually I would go through a gram of cocaine in a day or two and sometimes I could make a gram last three days if I didn't share with anyone. I'm 5 foot 10 and at the time was close to 250 pounds. Every day I was just eating whatever I could shove in my face at the restaurant or at a fast food spot to try to get over my daily hangover. Living with my ex-wife was literally one of the most awful, volatile things I've ever experienced. And just to round out the awesome, I had a habit of starting bar fights. Often enough to call it a habit, around 2 or 3 a.m., I would either begin to pick on someone or if if someone was rude to me, 
in any way, I would use it as an excuse to punch them in the face. It was not uncommon for me to be banned for a month or more from my favorite bars for fighting. Or sometimes for doing something dumb like doing lines of cocaine on the foosball table. I feel like I should mention that it's not like I had just started behaving this way. I had been living the same cocaine and booze-fueled lifestyle for years. On top of the alcohol, drugs, and fighting, I was just an asshole in general. I was not a good friend, and I did not treat people with respect. I'm not proud of who I was, and I just want to take this opportunity to say I'm sorry. If you're listening, and I hurt you in any way, whether I started a fight with you in a bar, was unfeeling and dismissive to you after we slept together, or I was dishonest, rude, or offensive to you in any way, I sincerely apologize. I don't approve of many of the choices I made as a young adult. And I would not make those choices today. That doctor helped me realize that if I was going to live long enough to see my daughter grow up, I would have to completely change my lifestyle. That week, I quit my job. I told my ex-wife I wanted a divorce. I moved out and signed up for massage school. I started eating better and cut out some of the alcohol and drugs. I finished massage school in 2013 and began working as a massage therapist. On the weekends, I didn't have my daughter. I was still going out and partying. The spring of 2014, I realized I needed to do better. I vowed celibacy for several months to clear my head. I stopped drinking during the week and went months without any drugs. Then that Mother's Day weekend, I went out with a buddy and got an eight ball. If you aren't familiar, that's about three and a half grams of cocaine. Sunday night, my heart would not stop racing. I began to get scared around 2 a.m. I vomited, had diarrhea, and my vision began to close down. My heart would not stop. I felt like I was on the brink of dying. I suddenly remembered something I had read about Buddhist monks being able to control their heartbeat with meditation. Well, I thought, what a beautiful opportunity to test this out. I began to meditate. I focused on slow, intentional breathing, and I visualized my heart slowing down and finding a comfortable rhythm. It worked. My heart began to slow. The nausea subsided and my vision returned. Once I felt stable enough to walk again, I got myself a glass of water, and I swear, each drop of water from that glass I felt absorb into my mouth and throat after a few more glasses and some confidence my heart was steady 
I finally went to sleep. The next morning, I woke up to a phone call from Val. She had had a dream that I died. I told her what happened and I was quitting everything cold turkey. I spent the next three months meditating, praying, doing yoga, reading, journaling, and going to work. I totally dropped all my friends and changed all of my habits. Valerie was pretty much the only person I spoke to or saw, and we became very close friends, and by the end of the summer, we were lovers. She helped give me the emotional support I needed to make this huge change in my life. I successfully quit smoking and all drugs that summer. By the fall, I felt comfortable having a beer, and I've been continuing to drink some over the last several years, until I realized recently that even the smallest amount of alcohol changes my personality in a negative way. And I'm just not interested in being a different version of myself like that ever again. I've been continuing to hold on to alcohol because it was a part of my lifestyle. To have a glass of wine with dinner, to have a gin and tonic to wind down after work. But if it changes my personality, even in the smallest amount, it's not worth it. It simply goes against my intention to be the best version of myself in every moment of every day. One of the craziest things that I'm noticing now that I don't drink at all is I can use cannabis again without getting paranoid. I thought this whole time that it was age that changed how it affected me or just my brain chemistry had changed over time or just that the weed was different now you know when I was young I could smoke pot all the time and I just had a good time I got busted at 18 or 19 with a pitiful amount of pot and had to do drug court and piss tests and everything I switched from weed to beer because of the drug testing when I graduated from the program and was able to smoke again I started having panic issues. Sometimes it would even make me vomit. Now, I realize it's the alcohol that was bothering me. Not the cannabis by itself. Because now that I'm sober, and some kinds of cannabis are legal, I can use it and I'm not just okay but I'm happy like grinning ear to ear happy look I'm not anti-alcohol I just quit drinking it's about deciding what's right for you and your body and where you are in your life The most important thing to me at this point in my life is my family. 
Valerie and my kids. I know that the best thing I can do for all of them is to be my best me. If I can show my children that I can really change, that I can fight every day to stay on my path, and that I can use the power of intention to transform my demons into light bearers, then they will know that if they find themselves in the dark, all they have to do is look inside to light the way back out. That wraps up episode three. In the next episode, we're going to have a conversation with a caterpillar. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. I'd love your feedback. Turn off your TV, put down your phone, close your laptop, read a book, write in your journal, take a long bath, or listen to your favorite music. Every day, you have another chance to fall in love with yourself. Spend some time with you. Make it a priority. After all, you are a beautiful person, full of light and potential, and you deserve your own time and attention. Talk soon. One love.